to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant and nourish the seeds of change. Um, this is Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a food patriot to the natural world, and a person who wants to help farmers, especially emerging farmers, succeed. And that's the topic of today's show, um, the annual Emerging Farmers Conference. And we're very pleased to have in studio May Lee and Meng Lee, Meng Pa Lee. Welcome. Welcome Thank to you. Uh, Food Freedom Radio. Thank, Thank you, you for having, having us today. Awesome. So and you're with, yeah, you're with the Big Rivers Farm, a program of the food group. Correct. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about Big River Farms. What is that? So Big River Farms, um, it, it was a program started, I believe, a decade ago. And we've been a part of the program as farmers 10 years ago. And it basically helps. Initially, the program was created to help immigrant and refugee farmers coming here to the U.S. who wants to transition to become organic farmers. So then it's, I believe, like the first influx of like Hmong refugees when they were here, helping them with teaching them record keeping and transitioning them to learn about like um you know, how the U.S. agriculture is different from the Laotian um, tropic, tropical climate. So it was, a, it was a program that was easy enough for those who don't speak English to transition and helping them with technical assistance and then land access. And then uh, there's a conference coming up. Yes. Yeah, so the Emerging Farmers Conference is hosted by a all of uh, like government agencies and the University of Minnesota, along with you know some nonprofits throughout the Twin Cities. Like the Land Stewardship, Land Stewardship Pro- Project, Hmong American Partnership, University of Minnesota Extension, um, the Fruit Growers Association. And there's so many sponsors, and just to not give you not to give justice to them, but yes, you can go on our website. We have a list of our sponsors and committee members who are part of the programming. So, as a collaborative effort, the committee, the Emerging Farmers Conference Committee, came together, and now we've. Um, this is the 15th annual Emerging Farmers Conference that we're hosting this, and um, it will be coming up on the 24th and 25th of January of this month. Well, we're going to be eager to learn all about it and, and the um, all the activities that's going on and, and the trends with um, immigrant farmers. But mm-hmm. I love it, and I'm going to start with this one quote mm-hmm. on your website because I just love it. Mm-hmm. This is from a, a Karen family farmer, and he's living out his dream. I want to be a happy old farmer and change people's minds to show them that you can be happy. Yes, it's just amazing. That was Ante, and he's now recently moved and buying a farm. So that's usually what we would love our farmers, participants to do is to come and be on the incubator farm, learn, and move on. So, uh, Maylee, you grew up in, grew up farming in Laos. I do. I grew up in farming with parents, and so we are then we moved to the United States, and so I am working. Uh, then um, I go back to farmer because uh, I want uh, good food, and so I I'm uh, eat different from uh, food what we have in the store, and so I have to go back, and so I like to eat the one that is not um, it's organic, it's not spray and so that's why I I decided to farm and educate my grandchildren and my children on that farming so tell me what it was like growing up for you what was food like for you growing up uh the um when I when I uh, eat the food that are uh, in our country it's taste uh really tasty and I don't know how to describe, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I eat over here the um, vegetable over here, kind of like uh, kind of light taste, and I chew like um, sometimes I feel like a plastic or something, but it's <laughs> a vegetable. I don't know what what is going on in there, but uh, and I like to have the good one, and so that's why um, I. I like to grow, and so that's why I become a farmer again. And also, I like to teach now um, to mentor the farmer who uh, really want to know. And so we have uh, the student come visit our farm, and so uh, I kind of mentor and I show the kids what we have. And uh, the food is is really important to me because uh, in this day. Um, I need organic, and we need to provide or uh, preserve the land and not to spray a lot, not mm-hmm. uh, 
don't disturb the uh, soil a lot. Right, and when you look at the whole situations, we a billion pounds of pesticides in the United States alone are sprayed every year, and that impacts our water, and we have horrible loss of tape of topsoil, and we've lost a lot of the taste in the food. So I've heard that from other people that you know you come from an environment where you're eating organic or you're eating from the soil, and then you go into this industrial system. And the food just does taste, I think your word plastic <laughs> is descriptive. Yeah. Have you experienced that as well with? I think for us, is, um, it was interesting to learn of the changing. Uh, there was no, um, because we're organic far- farmers and also diversified uh, farmers, I think that's not very popular because when you come here, the only form of agriculture that's usually introduced to you is like pickle farming for us when we first you know started farming so like having like the smaller plots and diversified farming and having like 70 different varieties um is not really supported in our agriculture system you know where you you can make a living from that or um like have a farm and get a loan for that so it was interesting to come into the program and learn that you can um find resources for that you know, and become like a successful farmer. So I think the Emerging Farmers Conference not only just specifies in um, just a monocropping kind of farming, but it specializes in the sustainability and being a diversified farmer. Like, you know, like if you wanted to go into mushroom or sheep or raising cows or having like a CSA, a community supported agriculture, or selling to farmers market. So. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, so tell us more about the conference. It's on uh, January 24th and 25th. Yes. Yeah, so on January 24th, so we thought it would be really interesting to have hands-on workshops and so that people can get their hands dirty and learn actually how to grow. So on the 24th, it's just the evening of Friday from 6 to 8.30, and we have three entrances free. So just to let you know, anyone who's a farmer, entrance is free. So there's no charge for any emerging farmer. So emerging under the umbrella of emerging, it could be like you have, you're inspiring to become one. You may not have the resources. And so that's why we've really offset the cost for that um so the three workshops on friday would be like mushroom cultivation that was really fun last year that was our most popular workshop uh basic equipment maintenance and pests and disease and so that's more of like transplanting like how do you make your um successful seed starts so if you want to have hands-on that would be the friday evening and i know people are just leaving from work so we make it kind of adaptable to people's schedule and then on saturday it's a full day of like fun workshops we have about 12 workshops and that's from eight to five and it could be anywhere from like low cost extension um high tunnels like how do you grow that or seed saving how do you make your soil fertile you know with sustainable methods anything from there's been a lot of popular with asparagus too growing asparagus record keeping with apps like how do you make this whole like 70 different variety <laughs> how do you like keep a good record um farmer networking i think we also have like raising chickens for meat um goal setting i think a lot of farmers they want to be be profitable right so mm-hmm. there's going to be conversations about that and then we have a farmer sessions where we're going to be talking about climate change you know in our culture we don't know we think the dragons are rising from the waters when there's like lots of floods you know like this year the season was shorter and that's because of climate change right um and so it's going to be really interesting this year to put like two worlds together of and there's going to be over eight different languages there so we have headsets provided for all these languages it's going to feel like an international like event which is going to be amazing and we do have people flying in from new york iowa um and they speak Kurunjava and uh, arabic so it's going to be interesting to have many different language groups every year it's just been amazing mm-hmm. and food is really a place of uniting yes definitely i agree and uniting in that diversity and how it how it uh, builds a better world for all Right. Glo- and globally and locally. Correct. Um, and so can people, how people should pre-register for this yes, event? Yes, we recommend because we want to make sure we have enough food for everyone. So really RSVP is just so that we can kind of better prepare. And then also to like 
you know, for future networking purposes too. Um, we would love everyone to register. We do have a hotel reserved right now on the website. So if the uh, previously DoubleTree, I know that I think Hilton and DoubleTree merged. So um, people know it as, so we do have a really good rate there for those who want to come and stay overnight. Um, yeah, so they we recommend them to pre-register. If not, we do have on-the-spot registration. So if you just show up that day and you decide that day that you're available, we do allow that too. And I'm sure you would like donations as well because you are a nonprofit. Yes, correct. So we always look for committee members definitely every year to join the committee so we could um, better the program every year. And also we do look for sponsors, you know, for donations. Um, those who are non-farmers but also want to attend who does have the means and can afford it. There is an option to be a non-farmer attendee, and you can still also contribute towards um, the conference that way. If you want to come and pay the small fee, we do give you an option to do that. And you have food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and we have tons of food. And the prizes, to, to be honest, I flew to New York, and someone came to the conference last year, and they said, we love your free seed packets. So this year we have in your... Um, folder that we'll be handing out you're going to have like seed packets you're going to have seed catalogs and you have all these resources in there and then at the end if you stay till the end this year we're going to have a really good um tool and i believe may can talk more to it where you can transplant and it's really easy so this tool is going to be like the main prize if you stay till the very end we have a huge prize drawing event at the end so it's gonna be yeah we're gonna have the um the transplanter gonna be a hand transplanter but uh all we do just dig a hole and put in there and you have to bend back and forth but this one you just poke it and pull the plant and you're standing and you pull out mm-hmm. and you take the uh, the two out and the plant I really plant in the ground and so that going to be really excited to have that for uh, the drawing um, for this year and it's going to be really fun and also we're going to uh, we don't have the um, daycare and so just be aware that uh, if you have kids then have someone to take care and you can go. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coop. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. This is Chad, owner of AM950. Our station has worked with Barbara from WYSIWYG Web Design for years on everything from logo to print design and especially for developing our website. She does great work and is great to work with listening to what our goals and design ideas were while offering new, innovative ideas to create the website we are proud of today. Barbara made sure she understood our station, our goals, and our mission before she started working on our site and made suggestions to help control the cost. Plus, she's friendly, which set us at ease. I recommend Barbara at WYSIWYG Web Design because I know she will deliver an attractive, professional website within the budget you have. She is a local independent business that specializes in helping other local businesses achieve their website and design goals. She can work with nearly any budget and create anything from simple sites to robust custom functionality. To find out more about the company AM950 Trust, go to WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. Spelled out just like it sounds, WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. This is Chad, owner of AM950. I've been telling you about my friends at Snap Construction who are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior construction company in the metro. Don't just take my word for it. Take a look at all their reviews online. Winter is the most cost-effective time of the year to complete your construction project. A majority of Minnesotans choose to have their work completed on their home in the summer when they should be enjoying the weather. As a result, the demand for labor in the summer is much higher. The most cost-effective way to improve or restore your home is in the winter due to the lower demand. 
Right now, Snap Construction is offering an additional 30% off of labor to the AM950 listeners on your next construction project between now and the end of February. Call 612-333-SNAP and mention AM950 for an additional 30% off. As always, Snap Construction stands by their work with a lifetime craftsmanship warranty. Don't wait to get a free estimate by calling 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. Financing options available. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Headline, and in studio we're talking today about the Emerging Farmers Conference, which is an event that's going to be held at the University of Minnesota um, on uh, Friday, January 24th and the 25th. This is open to the public. Um, and so tell us a little bit about the history of the conference. Uh, yeah, so it's been, like I said, 15, this is the 15th annual conference. 15 uh, years. Yes. Previously, it was known as the Immigrant and Refugee Conference, and now it's uh, evolved to Emerging Farmers Conference because we figured that despite race, age, culture, where you come from, um, indigenous, non-indigenous, you have, you need resources. So to open it up to farmers who are interested in this workshop. Um, so the history of this came upon when there was a lot, there's an influx of immigrant and refugee here in the U.S. and they had all these experience with back in their country of like farming and they want to move into Minnesota to figure out how to like in this crazy climate that's winter summer how can they still become a successful farming farmers and then still have an organization to support them in regards to um, language and so all of these um Government agencies and nonprofits and university um, came together to kind of created this committee, the Emerging Farmers Conference Committee, and um, created the Emerging Farmers Conference. So it's a co- con- con- uh, a collaborative effort of all these individual um, organizations and government agencies and uh, farmers coming together to create the Emerging Farmers Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and does this does a conference like this make the community more welcoming? Yes, definitely. I think it does because a lot of the conferences you go to, you don't see certain representation in, and there's not a lot of outreach to certain communities. So I feel that it just connects all the resources and makes it available and just know that everyone's working towards one goal, which is amazing to see. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've heard is um, we really need to credit our, our immigrants for um, the um, the growth of the farmers markets. Um, that that the that it's helped this immigration, this in, infusion of new people have really helped recharge the entire farmers markets. I mean, they were kind of in decline, and then um, new people came into the area, and now they're resurging. They're becoming more and more popular, and that is so important to all of us because it's 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 resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps pollinators, it helps our soil, and it tastes like not plastic food. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and make it speak more to this too. But I, so when we were younger here living, um, you know, when we were living in the public housing, we uh, everyone farmed because that was a way of life for us. You know, so everybody had their own plot in their backyard, or you were renting land to do this kind of backyard farming. And then you just had a little extra, and then you would take that to the farmer's market. So it was never really a career, but it was more of a way of life, and that's all they knew. So I feel that, um, to your point, yes, now when you go to, you know, I was just in North Carolina, and all the farmer's market were like Hmong <laughs> and Karen, right? Now with uh-huh. this new influx of Karen um Immigration, immigrants, it's, it's been amazing to see the changing faces of the farmer's market. And now even like younger, newer farmers and just, just not Hmong now. I mean, it's so diverse. You know, there's Somali, there's West African, East African. There's just so many, um, just this farming conference is amazing to see the diversity of farmers, you know, and even younger farmers or millennials. So there's a, there's just the changing faces of farming is just definitely amazing to see. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go back to this quote because I just love it from um, On Thing. With a, he's a Korean family farmer living out his dream. I want to be a happy old farmer mm-hmm. and change people's mind to show them that you can be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Does work in the soil also um, connect you to your heart or mm-hmm. something? Or is it a happy place? Yeah, it is. Uh, the soil is it is connect. Yes, connect to my heart. Yeah, but, um, in Minnesota here, uh, we... 
especially is myself. Is I like to um, do it, and so I cannot wait until um, spring's coming up. <laughs> and so I uh, really enjoy it. And so um, that I want um, the younger people uh, know how to plan it. Also, when I working at the um, public school. And I asking the kids that, um, what are we going to have food? And they say, how are we going to get it? And so I kind of, we, at this time, we're going to put a little seed in the bag and we soak the seed and they sprout and kids like to watch it. And they say, oh, my mom, is have, we have food at the refrigerator. I say, no, you need to plant this one I put into the ground. And so they grow and we can get food. And so the kids said, uh, oh, we got uh, cucumber from the tree. I said no, it's from the vine. And so um, I would, I love to uh, talk to the kids because they don't know where the food's coming from. And then they say, my mom gave me a hamburger. My dad bought me a hamburger. And they said, do you like green? They say we don't know where the green is. It tastes yucky. Well, and so that's why. That, it, that, it, uh, and that's a real problem. I don't remember the statistic right now, but it's it's very few um, American children get enough fruits and vegetables. I mean, mm-hmm. and and if we eat more fruits and vegetables, we're all we would reduce our health care cost. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and yet. Um, uh, I think um, one of the reasons, it, it, when kids are near gr- gardens, are they more likely to eat vegetables? Yeah, I think um, my eldest daughter, she's all, she loves vegetables and she loves, like she doesn't like to eat hot dogs or pizza. And so to your point, I think their tongue and their taste is exposed to it earlier. And that's all you expose them to. Whereas like if you expose them earlier to other foods and me just being a parent of five, I mean, that's my experience is like when you expose the kids to the flavors in their tongue and their taste. And so she would choose that over, you know, like she would have a faux broth with like all her basil and her sprouts in it and versus like you know having the pizza you know so i believe each kid's taste bud is very specific whereas my son has this opposite taste bud where he loves pizza he loves cheese so and we are all from one family so i I do believe that, like, because we have it more around, he does, and they love, but they love their carrots, they love their cucumber, like, they love crunchy, they love watermelon, they love, you know, so there's certain foods that, like, all of them love, you know, eating fresh. I can say that the carrots from the store and what they have in school versus what my, what we have on the farm, they would choose my parents and our (laughs) carrots, because it's so sweet, it -hmm. tastes like candy, or, like, even ground cherry, it's like grapes. So Mm -hmm. it's so sweet, it tastes like grapes, and people were like, what's ground cherry, you know, and ground actually I call them it's like mini grapes um, so I, I do believe that like kids exposure knowing that uh, my parents and us have a farm and our kids are exposed to it they're more likely to like it and then the even our neighbors we dropped off some ground cherry to them and they were like oh it was so good like what is it and they've never had it before so I think like sharing your food and sharing that education is important and that's what this Emerging um, Farmers Conference is about. And again, that's coming up. It's the 15th annual, coming up on Friday, the 24th and the 25th. And if people want details about it to learn more, uh, what's the website address? So it is www.bigriverfarms.org slash about EFC. Or you can simply, I say, put in Google Emerging Farmers Conference <laughs> and the Eventbrite will prop up right for you. Okay, great. And uh, May Lee um, and Mong Pa Lee, both with the uh, um, the Big River Farms. That's a program of the food group. We're going to be taking a bit of a break, and we're come back. We're going to dig deeper into this topic of emerging farmers and also the hardships. I mean, it's 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 a hard thing to to make money when you're competing with a different type of system. And how do we how do we support each other to create a living? Wonderful food system. Yes. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950. At Better Futures Minnesota, we believe everyone deserves a fair shot. We believe in personal redemption and second chances, and that those who are dedicated to change and hard work should have the opportunity to achieve success and make a positive impact in the community. The men we embrace and serve have made mistakes, but they aren't bad people. We work with men who take responsibility for their past and are committed to doing better, who work to create a better life for themselves, their family, and the community. Learn more at BetterFuturesMinnesota.com. Hello, fellow AM950 listeners. This is Jason from Nightingale at 26 in Lindale. 
Come experience our delicious signature dishes and exciting rotation of inventive seasonal fare from my wife and chef, Carrie, and her team. Nightingale is the perfect place to gather for any occasion with our extensive wine, beer, and cocktail selection, along with our dedication to great service. We offer a full menu every day from 4 to 1 a.m., two award-winning daily happy hours, and weekend brunch at 10. More at nightingalempls.com. Minnesota's appliance specialists are ready. We've competed and earned your business for over 70 years, and 2020 is going to be our best year ever. We're offering guaranteed savings on the world's top-rated appliances. We love helping you find just the right appliances and watching you smile as the savings add up. Then Warner Stellings delivery specialists make the hard work look easy with fast free delivery, basic installation, and free haul-away. Now through January 22nd, take advantage of 18 months interest-free financing. You'll love your new appliances and Warner Stellion. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works, LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Being in the Army National Guard is about more than just serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable. Serving part-time lets you attend school full-time while you take advantage of education benefits that can help you graduate debt-free. If a civilian career is your goal, serving part-time allows you to work at a full-time job. The skills, qualities, and contacts you'll develop in the Guard can open doors to a great civilian career. Want to serve but worried about being away from friends and family? Part-time service in the Army National Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want while you enjoy the many benefits of serving your community and nation. You owe it to yourself to learn more about how the Army National Guard can fit into your life. Visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Partly sunny with a high near 16. Wind chills as low as 10 below. Tonight, 20% chance of snow with a low around 10 above. Tomorrow, 40% chance of snow with a high around 23. AM 950 is brought to you by Shroman Law. Estate planning doesn't just create a plan for what happens after you die. It helps your loved ones care for you in the event of an accident or as you age. Get started today with Shroman Law in St. Paul. Call 651-571-2515-VISIT. Strollmanlaw.com. So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we uh, plant and nurse the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlin, a student of permaculture, a food patriot to the natural world, and a person who wants to help farmers, especially emerging farmers, succeed. And that's the topic of today's show. The uh, um, annual, uh, it's the 15th annual Emerging Farmers Conference, which is going to be held at the University of Minnesota, February 24th and the 25th. And I want to talk uh, now, kind of move back to what is the experience like for um, for farmers selling at the farm? Farmers market um, is that. T- tell us about tell us about that experience. Okay, um, selling in the farmer market that is uh, it is uh, the way they always uh, set up, and so um, when people come and they like to see what they like to buy, and not like um, you just go and grab it, and so they they have a chance to pick. But uh, the other thing is. Uh, now it's kind of um, competition a little bit in farmer market, and so we are organic. So our price going to be a little bit up, but it's really benefit for the um, the food. It's really benefit, but uh, it's kind of sometimes we work really hard for it because um, we are organic and we we taking care really good the plant, and so we cover. We need to do winter pests and that. It's, it's really hard for us, the um, farmer uh, who do organic. It's really hard for us, and that's why um, at, at farmer market it's going to be really hard. It can be, yeah, really hard. And, and as a gardener, 
when I go to the farmer's market, everything looks really super cheap to me because I know how much work goes into a, a, a head of broccoli. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into every one of that. So I've had um, people even suggest, you know, find a farmer you like and tip them, pay them extra mm-hmm. because a lot of it is not a living wage for the, the farmers that are doing that work. Right. I, th- I believe we just statistically, uh, Laura, Mayor Fontes, our program director, and I were just talking that it has actually average wages twenty five thousand for a farmer yearly, and so that's with just diversified farming. So that just goes to account like really that's just your expenses. That's your it's a wash. So a lot of farming is just really a lot of hard work, and um, to actually keep track of your financials, uh, the labor you put into it does not equate to actually your what you're pricing your products at. And and yet I'm going to go. I'm going to keep going back to this quote because I just it is it is to me the sum of what we're really talking about. I want to be a happy old farmer and change people's mind to show them that you can be happy, because it's not all about the dollars. It's about the relationship with food and the relationship with Correct. each other and the relationship with soil and the pollinators and the whole. I think there's a fine balance, and we just had a workshop yesterday on this. Actually, it's called Farm Vision and Farm Dream, and we call it like a holistic goal. And part of your holistic goal is a balance of between work-life balance and this farm and then having um, – and. A lot of it, a lot of the um, elder in our community, they like doing it for therapy, I believe. Like, it's a form of, like, them being with the earth and something they could feel pride and reward system after they do it. And I tell everyone, it's in every year we have a crazy at-risk weather. Like, this year, if there's hail in Minnesota or there's a storm or maybe a tornado, like, that'll take out all your crops. Or, like, if the frost comes early, then that means you won't have any of your crops for the rest of the year. So. So to be honest, farming is a high-risk career. You know, you're not sure if this year everything's going to pan out. So I believe that the amount of work and time you have to baby a plant from it when it's in the greenhouse, you know, to when it's planted in ground, if you took all that labor expense and if you were a financial advisor, you would probably (laughs) crunch the numbers and be like, your return of profit is probably zero. So I truly believe that the farmers are so hardworking. They wake up so early every day. They get to the farmer's market at like five, four or five o'clock in the morning. They go back, they harvest, and then they have to do that again on Saturday and Sunday. And then Monday through Friday, they're weeding, you know, they're transplanting, they're doing all the work that's necessary um, to farm. So yeah, I, I do believe that it is a real passion for those who love to do it. It's a reward system. They love giving out their food. And I think just our farm donate about 50,000 pounds of just free produce to um, food shelves every year neighborhood house the food group we've got so many outlets that like so much extra you know too so i do want to commend all the farmers for their hard work their labor and every year they come back again and they're farming again and so to your point you know how do you price those prices fairly so that our farmers are compensated for their um for their efforts and their labor and i've heard that sometimes young people um are is there is there a problem attracting young people to farming um sustainable farming in that the the profit margins are challenging i think um i don't know but maybe it's because i'm too deep into it but i feel like the up and coming is a lot of millennial and younger farmers that are attractive i believe there's even like a organization supporting young farmers Uh so i actually am very optimistic that there is um i believe that a lot of the interests are not in the family, maybe if that's what you're talking about. Like if, let's say, the farmer is retiring and their internal family may not have a passion in farming or decided to do a different career. So that um, transition in retiring farmers, I feel like there may not be a lot of outlets for those farmers. But I feel like there are a lot of people who are interested in farming but don't have the resources, who may be younger or don't have the resource. So I I might play devil, devil's advocate a little bit to say that I feel Beautiful. like maybe there are more millennials interested yeah uh, that's awesome and so the whole point of this conference is to improve the economics for emerging farmers and to help them correct yes yeah. so this is basically a first outlet for you to come out to do these workshops um, located at the university of minnesota on 1890 buford and this will kind of get some of those goal setting if you're ever thinking of sheep or goat husbandry or soil fertility soil biology how to do uh, season extension so like more like um, technical and then also broader concepts of like 
climate change and it, every level can be engaged whether you speak no english or english we'll have an interpreter and everyone's wearing headphones so they can hear hear yeah how many languages eight different languages eight yep. languages mm-hmm. that's wonderful mm-hmm. so let's talk about the event it starts friday um the 24th 6 30 in the evening so one event is on how growing mushrooms correct and that's uh that's a new um economic opportunity for people to be growing mushrooms here it's very sustainable it's nice healthy food right. the economics can be better mm-hmm. um and so what will be going on in that workshop so for um the mushroom cultivation will be an actual hands-on and i believe we have three separate um speakers this year that will be presenting i think one in spanish and two in english but the point of that is so that we can break up and actually teach people how to grow like oyster mushrooms or um you know how do you plant within uh within a tree and teaching them how to do that and then actually having the materials there for people that get hands-on how do you boil the straw bale like last year it was an amazing workshop so there's also like niche markets that if you ever want to move into or just want to learn yourself on how to do that um that one will be a very interesting workshop also on that day mm-hmm. and because of your sponsors this is all free to the emerging farmers yes correct because of our support of our sponsorship we were able to make this free to all the farmers or any any farmers who are inspiring to become farmers mm-hmm. have you attended the conference before i do i'm at the beginning uh, organizing for this conference and so yeah that's that's how uh, i really want uh, the farmer to become or non-farmer want to know about sustainable vegetable and farming and so that's why we have organized this um emerging farmer conference here for all the farmer or non-farmer who want to learn and that's why we have this one and we need to provide a resource like this one and so they can come and join with us and they know what to do uh, sustainable vegetable or organic vegetable and so we can save the earth and so we we, we want to go back home it's not go back home but back home when we just the ancestors just coming up and so that's how i that's how i feel it and uh, i really um engage it to the conference because i've been to many many conferences and so everybody talk about climate change that's why uh this one is i think it's if who join it, going to be benefit, not a lot, but going to be a little bit at a time. And so this is how I like it. That's great. Going back home, um, what did you, and I should let um, people know that May Lee is your mother. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what what did you mean by go back home? I, th- I think I knew. Okay. Go back home, that means uh, you don't want to, technology is really, really good. I know that it's, people have to be uh, really good in technology, but I mean, go back home, that means you need to plant what you have, and you need to save the seed that what parents have, and they show you. And uh, the elderly, they like, like you go to nursing home, you talk to the elderly over there, and you don't want to talk to uh, how much money you have. You want to talk to the, how do you get your see when you still young and talk about when they're really young and so they they show you and they're not showing you but they tell you the story and so you need to pick it up with those and how do they survive in the winter or how do they get food how do they don't have refrigerator how do they preserve their food during the winter or uh not rotten really quickly or how do they do and right now it uh i feel like Example is a go back home that is uh, like tofu. My kids, they don't know how to do, make tofu, but I did. I know how to make tofu. And so uh, that is the part of, I mean, go back home. And you don't have to go buy in the store. You need to buy um, uh, soybean and you make from the script. And so mm-hmm. I say uh, I want to do business with those, but I think it's the, um, the uh, food regulation is really high right now because we have so many um things going on in the world and so that's why i mean go back home yeah so yeah because i i think it's kind of go go back to the go back to the garden that shows up in a lot of music and a lot of you know how do i how do i honor my great grandmother and my grandmothers and 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 go back home so that our our future generations can have a livable planet number one right. if you don't have a livable planet um mm-hmm. you know what's 
how tragic of our time. I right. mean, you know, uh, the, the choices that we're making right now with, you know, we're all seeing the, the fires in Australia and, and it, it can feel so paralyzing and, and the simple act of growing food and finding a new economic, uh, a new, uh, not a new way, but going back home and, 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 and having food. Right. So I think, yeah, to May's point is how do you preserve our culture and preserve your traditions that's passed on to your great-grandparents and all that knowledge is being lost? You know, because a lot of them, once they pass away, then all that knowledge gets is gone with them. So really reaching back and creating that intercultural communication between the generations and that, that knowledge not to be lost. So hopefully in this conference that we would have that generational conversation of like seed saving. We have um, someone there also collecting seed stories of how seeds are going to be passed on. So he's actually has a table from North Circle Seeds. Um, we'll be doing uh, stories for those who want to share their seed stories. Yep. So to May's point, like uh, we don't know how to make tofu, we should probably be going over to Mom's to learn that now. But I think in the midst of life and your busy schedule and work and everything, it's like, do you have a time to take a step back to reflect what your ancestors or what your um, elders' knowledge is? Awesome. Um, we're talking with uh, May Pauli and May Lee about the Emerging Farmers Conference. This is going to be held at the University of Minnesota on January 24th and 25th. We're going to take a bit of a break and we'll be right back. Um, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coop. Wendy, great news. What's the great news, Robert? Hey, we're on Wednesdays now at 5 p.m. That's great. What's the name of the show? Uh, Pilot's Playhouse? I don't know. Pilot's Playhouse? That's terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. Hey, everyone should listen in and see what we come up with. So what's the new show about? Well, we'll have local and national news and guests that you don't hear anywhere else. Wednesdays at 5. See you then. This President's Day weekend, bring your family to the Osprey Wilds Environmental Learning Center, formerly known as the Audubon Center of the Northwoods, on Grindstone Lake in Sandstone. The all-inclusive family weekend has locally sourced meals and winter activities like ice climbing, wildlife programming, skiing, and much more. Reserve your spot at ospreywilds.org or call 320-245-2648. Osprey Wilds, experience your environment. Finding the best foods the Twin Cities has to offer is easy with EatLocalMinnesota.com. Offering the top local and independently owned restaurants, EatLocalMinnesota.com has everything from burger joints to cocktails and fine dining. Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club invites you to check out their beautiful facilities for your next special occasion. Book your wedding reception, retirement party, business dinner, or other special event with confidence, knowing their expert staff and award-winning chef will make it a big hit with your guests. Call today to get a quote, 763-571-9020. Specializing in Szechuan and Peking cuisine, the Great Wall Chinese Restaurant has been a local favorite since 1981. They offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include the sesame chicken, imperial beef, and Peking duck. The Great Wall Restaurant is located off 45th and France with takeout available too. More at greatwallrestaurant.us. It's winter. It's cold, and you probably don't want to be outside. So cozy up inside with a new book from Next Chapter Booksellers, or get something to read on your next vacation. Next Chapter Booksellers is the largest independent locally owned bookstore in St. Paul with a full range of books and subjects. Stop in and the friendly staff will help you find the perfect book. Located on Grand and Snelling in St. Paul and at nextchapterbooksellers.com. Radio. We're planting 
and nourish the seeds of change. Um, a wonderful conversation about the Emerging Farmers Conference, which is free. Um, but if you can donate, they uh, appreciate donations. Um, it's held Friday, uh, January 24th, and Saturday, the 25th, at the University of Minnesota. So tell us about the keynote speakers. Yes, yeah, so the keynote this year would be they're a graduate of the Big River Farms program, and now they're um, on their own, owning their own farm, Moses, Moyanami, and Lona. And they um, came from came to the United States from Kenya and they started in our program called the Big River Farms program. In 2014 they purchased about 20 acres of land near Cambridge and they farmed five acres of vegetable and two acres of fruit and they primarily sell to Twin Cities Farmers Market in the Twin City here and so they will be our keynote speaker during that morning session. Great. And then who's the luncheon keynote? The luncheon keynote is Patrice Bailey. He's from the Minnesota Department of Agriculture, and he has actually been hosting um, sessions, emerging farmers listening sessions, where he's facilitated these mass sessions all from like all the way from south to north to west to east of Minnesota um, to make sure that he has all the voices heard of emerging farmers. And so we're excited to hear some of his highlights there, too. Great. And the, um, tell us about uh, how people can sign up for the event if they want to go. Yes, we have an Eventbrite created, uh, the 15th Emerging Farmers Conference. You can go onto our website at www.bigriverfarms.org um, and just type in about EFC and it'll take you straight to the registration. So tell us more about how it feels to be in this room uh, with all these emerging farmers. I think it feels amazing because uh, you're, you have different languages speaking all at once, but then they're all into the headsets. So, And then to have these conversations and then um, to meet people and just share stories. Right, because you were in the last segment, you were talking about how important it is to carry on the information from our ancestors. Also, how to mingle that information, have this cross-cultural exchange. Correct. Yep. And I think it's just amazing that we can all be in one space and still have like the same experience. So everyone is still worried about pests and disease and everyone is still worried about soil fertility. So even though despite our culturals, the topics are so relevant for each of the culture. And this is also a form of empowerment. Yes, definitely. I think it gives um, a lot of the farmers who think that maybe they're small, what they considered a hobby farm is now can actually become a reality for them or have financing options or learn about FSA resources or USDA resources for like a high tunnel that you can have that's grant funded. I think just having the resources there is going to be amazing. And then also the different um like incubators such as like Land Stewardship or Big River Farms or Distribution Hub like the Food Group or University of Minnesota Extension, you know. So I just to have everyone in that room to share their resources is also going to be um, really beneficial for the farmers. Um, and do you want non-farmers to come as well? Yes, I recommend them to. I think just to hear the stories, it's so interesting. And um, non-farmers can network at different opportunities. I think like we have lenders that are going to be there. We have um, state, you know, people from the state, the uh, nonprofits where they may just need resources, or maybe they're working in those communities and they might need certain materials interpreted or translated. Um, I believe like the public housing agency just reached out to me and said I, we have a lot of participants. So I believe that at every capacity, um, you would be amazed at wh where maybe you can insert. Um, and I also look at emerging farmers as maybe if you don't directly want to work as a farmer, there's also opportunities, you know, that you can be a part of or maybe even career opportunities that you might be a part of. So. I see Michael Cheney with Product Sweetie Pie is going to be there. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Who else is going to be at, at the event on Saturday? So on Saturday, we have so many workshops, That's and I wish I have like a list of all of my speakers right now, but we will have, like for land access, we have Annalie and um, Karen Settler from Land Searchship will be there. We have um, Natalie Hoytel and David from the Good Acre, and Natalie's from the University of Minnesota Extension. We have Farm at the Arb, uh, Tim Wilson, he'll have a table there. We have Compure, um, Financial Services, Saitao, and we have CoBank is one of our major sponsors. Latino Economic Development Association, uh, Latin, LEDC, Latino Economic Development Association. They're going to have um, one of our major sponsors who will also be there, and they serve as the same thing as an incubator hub. Um, we have so many people. I can just think of off the top of my head. Yeah. So. I dream of wild hell. Dream, dream of wild hell. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. So we're down to our last three minutes. I want to. Um, and you've been at this conference. Can you give us a sense of how um, the history, how emerging farmers in this 
um, sustainable farming is fearing in the 21st century. I mean, that's I didn't. This is the I'm, 2020 is the first yes. year of this decade is what yes. I meant to say. <laughs> I think it, there's a lot of no, being farmers ourselves and going through the system of like buying land because we are diversified farmers um, and we are not like monocrop where we have one crop. And so putting values to the numbers and now going to own farmland, I think that's the one. And going to the century, I think a lot of the farmers are now retiring. The older farmers are retiring. And a lot of these younger farmers or new and upcoming emerging farmers want to buy these farmland is learning how do we conversely have their legacies from these retired farmers passed on to someone who's not in the family but want to buy their farmland. So I think that's going to be the new and upcoming. Um, some of the workshops will be touching base on that, too, for land access. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see, like, also you have things like starting a small food business with Seward Makes and Yvette Kimcha. So it's not, everyone's not just farming, but how do we actually um, use the produce and create this whole ecosystem? Um, why is that important? The value add is so important because, um, like this year, you betcha bought all of our daikons, right? A majority of our daikons. So that's an outlet for us as farmers to know, even though we don't know how to make it into um, kimchi, they're buying produce from us. So it's so many outlets or like restaurants who are buying from these farmers because restaurants love farmers because they have a diversity of crops. Whereas, you know, if you buy, if they want to buy a thousand pounds of something, um, I know that also the school districts are working with the Good Acre to um, get out some of these uh, local foods to their school systems so we're meeting with like minneapolis public schools and um the food group has also a long list of like public schools that they're already working with too so i think it's just amazing that all these conversations like shared ground um is also another distribution center that helps um farmers get food out so like they're they have their own csa they have a community river or you call big river farms have their own csa and um the good acre has their own csa so not only are we and seward um co-op also you know is buying produce from farmers so those are just a, a few markets that i know like to your point that this small conversation is actually bigger than what what we know it is and it's actually uh, minnesota is one of the changing forces of that movement because of um so many farmers supporting those systems um we're down to our last meeting and i've got a big question what is food freedom what does food freedom mean to you molly uh food freedom is uh when you get the food then um you eat you get you help that that is freedom for me and food freedom to me means that you're liberated and no person should be homeless and without food. And I believe that like there's enough food to go around. Our farm on one acre can produce from anywhere from like 5,000 to 10,000 pounds of food. And I say there should be no one that is hungry on earth because that is a freedom. That you should be freed from whatever career, what status, social status that you are. You should be liberated. That food, there's enough food. One tomato plant can feed a family. So I truly believe that's food freedom. Amen. I love that. I mean, it, it's true. We, we, we're we not in a scarce world. It's an abundant world yes. that we were born into. Let's, it is. Right. Let's free that food and eat it in the winter. Okay. <laughs> wonderful. So we've been talking with May Lee mm-hmm. and Mung Pali um, with the Big River Farm. That's a program of the food group. Uh, check out the Emerging Farmers Conference, uh, the 24th and the 25th at the University of Minnesota. Uh-